We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everybody. So I always forget at announcement time to talk a little bit about the church. So I just want to do that really briefly. Um, I hope you've noticed they've got the new structure on top of the roof basically done, which is going to be what they're, they're, they're building. It's called a clear story. And after that has all of the um, roofing kind of finished, they'll go from inside the church and they're going to cut from the inside out to make our new windows. Uh, and it's going to bring a lot of really natural, beautiful light um, if you weren't in our church before, if you've only been in the gym, you might not know that our, our church previously was kind of dark and you're not allowed to come to the new church because you didn't suffer through that with us. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but it is going to be beautiful. So really exciting. Uh, the guys out there are working super hard. They're working Saturdays and uh, we're hoping to be done by Easter. I am not holding my breath. My guess is it'll be about a week after Easter, something like that. Okay, today I want to talk to you about courage. Uh, courage is this hugely important thing in our time. So there's a great line from St. Jose Maria Escriva. He says, God owns the world, but he rents it out to the brave. God owns the world, but he rents it out to the brave. And here's the main thing. If I can fill you with one thought today, if you can walk home with one idea from today, I want to divest you today of a lie. It's a lie that I tell myself fairly regularly. It's what I've told myself most of my life. And it goes something like this. It's that you can be good without having to be brave. You can be good without having to be brave. And it's not true. It is not true. In this world, if we lived in a world without sin, if, if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned, that would be true. You could really be good without having to have the virtue of courage. But as the world stands, you cannot be the man or the woman you are supposed to be if you are not brave. Okay, so that's intense, right? So I'm to tell you a story. So I have kind of a feisty side to me. I don't know if you know this about me. Like there's just, I just get feisty. It's kind of fun. I kind of like breaking stereotypes of priests that have to be meek and humble all the time. I'm like, I will fight you right now. <laughs> all right? And you're in big trouble. Um, so when I was in seminary though, I don't know why, but I loved... It was just kind of fun to pick on guys that were bigger than me. So when I was in seminary, I think you all know this, but if you don't, so I have put on the, the priestly 30 pounds in priesthood. So uh, some of the professors here could tell you, when I was in seminary, I was skinny as a rail. Like, I just didn't have anything on me. Now, my good friend, Father Matt Book, he was a lot bigger than he is now. Father Matt has lost, I think, 50 pounds in the last six months. It's amazing. But Matt was always this huge guy. We call him the barrel-chested man. And when we were in seminary, I don't know why, but we'd go for holy hour in the morning, and for some reason I'd be feisty after holy hour. Got to watch out for that. When you pray to God, you get all riled up. 
So we'd finish holy hour, and Matt would be outside. And, you know, I, here's little Brian Larkin. I'm like 160 pounds. Matt's like 220 or something like that. And I just love to kind of like, I'm like, hey, Matt. And I, just, I would just start shoving him a lot of mornings. And he is not a morning person, which made it more fun. So finally, one day, Matt had just had it. So one day at our house, he actually, I was doing that. And one day, Matt picked me up. He threw me on the floor, put his knee on my chest, got in my face, and he said, Larkin, this is what happens when you poke the bear. (laughs) And if you try to fight me, I will do that to every one of you. Now, Now, here's what I want to get to today. At the time, I might have thought that was kind of a courageous thing. You know, I'm taking on the big guy. I'm going to go after Father Matt. And here's what I want to drive home today. I want to divest you that. That is not courage. That is not courage. That's stupidity. That's a technical Greek term from the the Greek stupiditas. It's actually Latin. (laughs) Oh, boy. Today's going to be a long day. (laughs) But what what is it? So if we want to talk about courage today, what we got to talk about first is virtue. We have to understand what virtue is. Courage is a virtue. And if you're going to understand it, you first have to know what virtue means. I ask my engaged couples, every one of them at some point makes it into my office, and I ask them to define virtue for me. And they look at me like, seriously, FB? Like, really, you're going to do this to us? And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. It's hard. And most of them can't define what a virtue is. They know it's good, but they don't know what virtue is. So we, we got to get that. You have to know what a virtue is. What is the definition of virtue? So what I tell most of them, a very basic definition, is that a virtue is a good habit. Right? If you tell the truth, that's great, but it doesn't mean you have the virtue of honesty. Someone who has the virtue of honesty is someone who habitually tells the truth. Joseph Pieper says this. He says, Virtue does not mean nice and orderly. It doesn't mean you did something nice or orderly. Instead, virtue means, and think about this, virtue means the person is right. Now, he doesn't mean right in terms of an argument. He means this person has been set right. It is the ultimate of what a human person can be. It is the fulfillment of man's ability to be. Brothers and sisters, virtue is what it means to be a full human being. Western civilization, going all the way back to the time of Plato, says all of us, every single one of us, If you're going to be a fully mature, developed human being, you must have, every single one of us must have four things. We have to have prudence, which means that we see the world right. You know, if if you don't see the world, if you don't understand reality, everything else you do will be skewed. So prudence is the mother of all the other virtues. Because if you can't see the world correctly, if you don't know how to listen to reality, 
Everything else will be off. So prudence is the first one. The second one is justice. Justice means that you and I treat other people as they deserve to be treated, not once in a while, but always. Prudence, justice, courage we'll get to. And the last one is temperance. Temperance means that my good desires, I'm in charge of them and they're not in charge of me. And if you're lacking one of those, you can't be fully what you are supposed to be. So virtue means that a person is set right. You look at them and you're like, that's, that's what a human being should look like. Now courage is the one we're talking about today. today in our, and then why are we talking about this? Both in the gospel and our first reading, it's all about courage. And here's what courage is. Courage is the, and we always think it's like being stronger than other people, right? You're stronger and better off, so you go and conquer. That's not courage. Courage is the willingness to suffer for what is good. Hear that again. Courage is the willingness to suffer for what is good. The person who is courageous is not someone without fear. If you do not have fear, you cannot have courage. The courageous person knows they have something to lose. But they're willing to face it anyways because they love what is true, what is good, and what is beautiful. Do you see why a married couple might need that? There's a lot of challenges in marriage, a lot of difficulty, a lot of hard times. And if, you're, if you love your comfort so much that you can't suffer, you'll never be a good spouse. You can only be a good spouse if you say, I love my, I love my wife, my husband, I love my children, I love what is good so much that I will suffer for what is good. That's courage. So think about this. Hang with me. So Joseph Pieper says this. He wrote a book on courage, and he, he talks about it. He says, and Joseph Pieper, I'm always tempted to call him Saint Joseph Pieper because um, in my objective opinion, he is, um, even if the Pope hasn't said so yet. I'll take him. I'll take the Pope down. We'll fight. Uh, <laughs> that's going on the Internet. So Joseph Pieper says, he says in 1934, and Joseph Pieper was a Thomistic philosopher, which means his favorite thing to write about and to study was the philosophy of St. Thomas Aquinas. And Joseph Pieper in, in Germany, he's a German theologian at the time of World War II, or philosopher at the time of World War II. So he says this, he says in 1934, think about that year, 1934, in 1934, I published a small volume on courage and prefaced it with the motto, the praise of courage depends on the justice involved. The praise of courage depends on the justice involved. What that means is if you just do something scary, that doesn't make you courageous. You are only courageous to the degree that you are suffering 
and putting yourself out there for something that is just. Right? I love rock climbing. It's a lot of, I don't really do it anymore. I used to. If you go out and rock climb, that doesn't make you courageous. What makes you courageous is when you stand up against evil. That's courage. Not doing stupid things on ropes. The praise of courage depends on the justice involved. My friends at the time knew exactly what I meant. And my less friendly contemporaries, by that he means the Nazis, they knew as well. In 1934, Germany, it was a very courageous thing to write a line that says, courage is only for those who are just. Love that. I absolutely love that. Brothers and sisters, here's my challenge to you today. Here's the gospel's challenge to you today. You cannot be good if you are not courageous. You can't. I wish it were otherwise. If there were not sin in the world, that would be the case. And I don't know if you're like me, but I imagine most of you are. I hate not being liked. Right? Some of you, I know some of you kind of like it. You're like, you kind of like it when people don't like you, but you're disordered. I... I hate it when people don't like me. I want everyone to like me. When I know that someone doesn't like me, it just kind of eats me up. But I'm kind of like, I think, you know, if I just maybe smile a little bit more at them or like, I'm like, hey, you know, it's, it's me. Like, you got to, you know, look at my hair. Come on. <laughs> we all like that. But brothers and sisters, that's not the world we live in. It's not the world we live in. No, not everyone is going to like you. And not just you, but I had to get to the point in my life where I realized there will not be people who, there are not people who will be converted all the time. I think in our culture, you and I need to do our best to love people, to show them the mercy of God, the wisdom of the faith, the way it makes sense of everything. And I think we should spend all of our energies doing that. But guess what? It will not convert everyone. And the reason for that is because there is this thing in the world called evil. And there's a point where there will be a line in the sand, and my question for you is, what are you willing to suffer for? Jeremiah, in our first reading, God gives him the worst job ever. He says, your job is to go, and you're going to go tell all of Israel, including the priests and the kings, you're going to tell them their sin, their hard-heartedness, and their failure to live the lives they're supposed to. Imagine that. What if God came to you and said, I want you to go preach to Father Brian and to Archbishop Aquila, and I want you to tell them how awful they are at their job. That'd be a tough job. It'd be very hard to do that. Jeremiah has to have courage, right? He has to be willing to suffer for what is good, to speak the truth when people don't want to hear it. Jesus in our gospel preaches the truth and the crowd tries to kill him. The most courageous act in the history of the world was the crucifixion, right? If courage is the willingness to suffer for what is good, there was no more courageous act than that. 
Is that you? We all know it. And one more line. Let me quote you one more line. Second Timothy. We might think, well, Father Brian, that's for some people. That's probably for you. It may be for some nuns and for, you know, the bishops, whatever. St. Paul says this in 2 Timothy 3. He's talking about his own sufferings. He says, you know the persecutions I endured. And indeed, all, you hear that word, all, everyone. Everyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Are you living a godly life in Christ Jesus. In this culture right now that we're in, it won't take much for you to be persecuted. We all know it. Right? This week, right over the last two weeks, right, the supposedly Catholic governor of New York celebrated his victory where he endorsed a law and signed into law a bill that enables children to be killed up to the moment of their birth. And it was celebrated in New York as this great victory. The governor of Virginia, right, went so far as to say that children could even be born and then the parents could decide whether or not they wanted to kill the child. This past week, House Bill 1032 in Colorado, right, which if it now it passed a hearing, next it goes to the full uh, Congress of Colorado. If, if it passes, it will impose a law on all public and charter schools that forces uh, education and sexuality that is opposed to the family, it is opposed to all Christians, it is opposed to science, and it is opposed to rationality. You cannot be good if you are not willing to be courageous. If you went to the Capitol this week, thank you. That bill started its kind of process at one o'clock. They couldn't make a decision until after midnight because of the crowds that showed up in protest. When that moves to the full vote, you and I need to take that day off of work and we need to go protest in a huge way. If you haven't lost a friend because of Jesus Christ in this culture, are you living your faith? If you haven't been called a name in this culture because you love life, because you believe that men and women are created male and female, if you're not willing to stand up for the teachings of Jesus and of Western civilization in general, brothers and sisters, you probably don't have the virtue of courage. And we need you, desperately. We need, we need bishops who are courageous. We need priests who are courageous. We need sisters who are courageous. But brothers and sisters, we need you. You cannot be good if you are not a man or a woman of courage. Jesus, Lord, we see courage in you. Lord, I don't have it yet. I'm working on it. Jesus, give us the gift of courage.